because of the different gospel we hear. And each of those concepts has a way of hindering us of or opening us up for what God has prepared for us or what Jesus has made available on his cross. Praise God. What is common today is to see believers struggling with their Christian life. For instance, we see people struggling to live, you know, to have control or master over their behaviors or their attitudes. But no one can have a mastery or have you know, dominion over his life or her life until you first of all have dominion over your emotion and your feelings. Because what motivates or what results to our actions is our feelings, our thoughts. Amen. Amen. And what builds those thoughts and concepts is our belief system. Our belief system. I heard a man of God talk, may mention of how great our you know belief can determine what to be of our life. In the physical, and that is so truth. Praise God. I like us to understand that on the cross of Jesus Christ, He have done everything that needs to be done for I and you to be His children. We don't have a role to play. Salvation was initiated by God. Salvation was wrought by God, and the salvation was given by God. Just for I and you to enjoy, not to do any other thing. So Christianity is not a place we come, you know, to do certain things in order to be children of God. No. I always tell people that as it is in the natural birth, that we don't need a capable children or capable infants to be born. What we need is a capable parent or a capable mother. Parents, uh, mothers that are here will understand better. If there is any physician that is here, you will understand also. When a woman is pregnant, um, the child in the womb doesn't have much to do in order to be born. No. That's why you see on the process of um, childbirth, the woman will go through all kinds of tests to see her fitness. Not the fitness of the baby. Her own fitness. Because... What is required to be given birth in the natural is what? A capable mother, not a capable child. That's why you notice a baby will just relax in the womb. A baby will relax in the womb, but the mother will do the pushing. That is how I and you, we are relaxing. Though in our spiritual, spiritual birth, we are relaxing in our um, you know, wayward livings. But we say, end that we are yet sinners. What happened? Jesus died for us. That was why when um, Nicodemus, is it Nicodemus came to Jesus and asked him, how will I inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus said, you must be born again. You notice that that man never understood what it meant to be born again. He said, how can I enter the, my mother's womb? But Jesus was talking to that man, knowing that Jesus, that man was a teacher of the law. Thinking that the man should understand all that he had been studying in the law. Amen. But in essence, Jesus was saying, you have been laboring. 
You have been struggling under the law to be a child of God. You have been struggling to please God. You have been struggling to achieve one thing or the other. He said you have to relapse for him to do what? To burn you the way a natural mother burns a baby. Praise God. So in Christ, what we are enjoying is the finished work. What we are enjoying is what Jesus already have accomplished. We are not called to do anything than to believe. That's why our faith, our belief system is playing the most vital role to determine our life as believers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Until you have control over your emotion, as I said, you cannot have control over your action. And until you have control over your thoughts and your concepts, your ideas about God, you cannot have control over your feelings. Yeah. So many people you see that have been captivated by fear and by all kinds of other oppressions. They are oppressed because of their concept of God. There are people, you notice, it is common that when people make a mistake, you see somebody you sin, you committed a sin, and you notice the person will not be that bold again to do what? To do the things of God. Like Adam. When Adam fell, the Bible says he hid himself. He ran. Him and the wife, they ran and they hide themselves. But there is something so significant about that account in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible said, and the God came down as he used to. Before the sin, God had to, was having communion with them. God was having relationship with them. And when the sin, that did not restrict God from coming to do what? To continue that relationship. That means our sin doesn't affect God. It does affect our minds. Praise God. So what God did, God still came down the way he used to. To have communion with them. If you notice, the question there was, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Now, that is not a question of Elohim. That is not a question of omniscience. Who knows who is everywhere and who knows everything? So God was not asking Adam, where are you? In the sense of which position are you? I mean, um, which location rather are you? God was not asking Adam, where are you? I'm looking for you. Maybe I'm, uh, you know, I don't know where you are heading, something of that nature. No. God was asking Adam, where are you? In a, in, a, in a way of calling back his sins to his position. In other words, God was saying, Adam, have you lost sense of your righteousness? Have you lost sense? That was why he said, have you eaten what I asked you to, not to eat? Because eating that will corrupt your mind, will corrupt your belief, will corrupt your idea of God. He began to think that God was far from him. He began to think that God was against him. It is still the same today. So many of us, maybe you smoke, maybe you do one other thing or the other that should not be done, and you see yourself inferior. You begin to think that maybe myself who have not committed such a thing, I am closer to God than you are. Or you think that God will favor me more than he will favor you. So what actually puts you in that state of um, thought that will lead to um, um, you know, oppressive emotion? Is because of what? Your sin. Not because of God. Not that the Father is condemning you. Praise God. That is why how um, important our belief is. I want us to see something in the book of Psalms. Okay? Someone help me with the book of Psalms 119. Psalm 119 verse 105. There is something that David, how David placed it there. I love it so much. Psalm 119 verse... 105. Thank you, Jesus. 
Your word is a lamp unto my feet. And your word is a light unto my path. Now look up everybody. In other words, if you look at that, your word is a lamp and a light. That seems to be a word of someone who is maybe in the darkness that needed a light or a way out. That seems to be a one that is emotionally captivated. Like so many listening to me here, maybe you are you are you are passing through one emotional you know challenges. Maybe you are facing condemnation in your heart over one thing or the other that you did in the past or even in the present. Maybe you are going through fear. You are going through one oppression or the other addiction. You are addicted to one thing or the other. That was the situation that David was. David said, your word is what will bring me what? Out, out of this situation. Your word is a light. In other words, your word, eh, 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 let me say this. When you have wrong belief, when you have wrong belief about God, when you have wrong belief about God, you are better, a man in the prison is better than you. Wrong belief is a prison. Wrong belief put people in a state of what? Captivity. Put people in a, in a state of captivity. And that is what many people are going through. There are people who are Christians. They go to church. But people that are in the prison are living a better life. Are living a more free life than what they are living. Why? Because of the concept they are being built into. The trillions they are building their hearts concerning God. Praise God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So in other words, um, wrong belief is like what? A prison. But right belief is what? Is a, a kind of freedom from prison. A kind of freedom. That's what David meant in that Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is what? A lamp and a light to my path. Your word brings me liberty. Your word brings me direction. Your word brings me um, freedom out of prison. Praise God. Hallelujah. That will take us to the book of um, John. You see the account of John, how that John put it in the Synoptic Gospel. John, after the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, John declared that if you know the truth, the truth you know does what? Sets you free. That means it has to be with somebody that is captivated. Somebody that is emotionally down. Somebody that is going through challenges that he doesn't know way out. He says, if you know the truth, then that truth you know does what? Delivers you. But now, you know, we quote those works in our day today. But we never ask questions like, what is that truth that sets free? Have you ever asked a question? You just say, you know the truth and the truth sets you free. But what is that truth that sets free? What is that truth that sets free? It's so important because that day that Jesus made that statement, when you know the truth, that truth you know sets you free. Jesus was talking to a particular audience. You need to understand, to know the audience of the scripture is so important in understanding the scriptures. So when Jesus said, you know the truth and the truth sets you free, he was talking to people that have lived under the law for hundreds of years. People that have tried to, you know, do one thing or the other to become the children of God. People that have tried to labor. People that have tried to fast. People that have tried to live self-righteous. That was the audience of that statement. When you know the truth, that means Jesus in essence was telling them that all of the things that we are living by, we are not the truth. Is it making sense? 
Because if you just quote when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Anybody can quote it. And so funny enough, you can go to law-based churches and you hear a preacher quote when you know the truth. The truth sets you free. You'll be wondering, uh, confusion everywhere, because actually, the law-based preacher doesn't understand the audience of that place. Because the people that Jesus quoted that to, they were living by the law. They were keeping the law. You know what Jesus told them? And the man said, I have been living by the law from my death. When Jesus said you have to go and keep all the law, he said, I have been observing the law. So the people that we are observing all the law, we are the people that Jesus said, when you know the truth, that truth set you free. So Jesus, in other words, was calling their mind out from what they thought would give them freedom. The law they thought would give them freedom. So when you share, you hear the truth, and you know the truth, the truth sets you free, you have to ask, what is the truth? The truth is not like um, opposite of, you know, when you say truth, the opposite of it is what? Lie. No, it's not like that. The truth is not opposite of. There are, it's not like lie and the truth. When you hear truth, it's talking about the person and that person is Jesus Christ. When you hear the truth, you are talking about who? Grace of God. And the grace of God is who? Jesus Christ. Somebody give me the book of John, John chapter 1. John 1 verses... 7. John 1 verse 7 for, you, for us to understand what I'm saying. Thank you Lord. John 1 verse 17 sorry. John 1 17. Now remember I, I mentioned that the audience of John 8 32 you know the truth that truth sets you free. I mentioned that the audience of that place we are people living under what? The law. So when Jesus told them that truth is what will set you free, Jesus was telling them that whatever they were living by doesn't have the ability to do what? To set free. Are we getting that? So now, um, see that account there in verse 17. He said that the law, which those audience we are living by, the law came through who? Moses. And what happened again? Glory to Jesus. But grace and the words. Now look at. I want to explain something there before we further. When you share grace and the truth. It's not a different entity. It's not like uh, maybe two kinds. Grace and like uh, conjunction. The and there is no conjunction. In the original manuscript. You don't see the conjunction. You see expression. Amen. So grace which is the truth. So when you read there is what. That grace and law came from Moses. But grace, which is the truth, came through who? Jesus Christ. Or grace, which is the truth, is Jesus Christ. Am I communicating now? So, when Jesus said it to them, that when you know the truth, that truth you know does what? Set you free. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that the truth that set free is the grace, which is the truth. Is it making sense now? Is it making sense? That grace, which is the truth, that means any teaching or any concept that made you to live out of grace is putting you back to the what? Prison. Is putting you back to the what? Prison. That was what, why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. That means now, 
let me bring you back, take you back to the audience of that place. The people that Paul um, ministered to was the same group that um, audience that Jesus ministered to. Are you getting that? So now, when Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul was preaching a very different gospel from what the people of his days was preaching. Are we getting it? Just in our day here, what you see people doing moreover in Nigeria and in Africa is what works. They tell you, come and do this and do this to get this. They tell you, do this and do this to get this. They are, they are taking you back to the law. In fact, building more laws upon laws. Amen. So, now, suddenly, a man like Pastor Simon or myself came up and started saying, no, you don't need to do this and do that. So, automatically, we will lose friends. Am I communicating? Automatically, we will be rejected. Are, are you getting that? So, that was the state of Paul. Paul was among people who were preaching law. You got to do this. You have to keep the 613 laws to be a child of God. Paul came up and said, no, you have to place your faith on the finished work of Christ to be what? To be a child of God. So, Paul faced persecution. That was why he said, I am not ashamed. Even though that what I'm preaching is strange in the ears of people. Is somebody getting understanding now? Even though what I'm preaching looks so strange, but it is that strange message I'm preaching that is the power of God that leads to what? Salvation. Is it making sense now? Now, what does it mean that the power of God, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? The word salvation there is not salvation like we know, born again. It's not like born again that we know, okay? Salvation is a compound word. And it has inside of it healing. In other words, I am not ashamed to preach the gospel or to announce the grace, which is the truth. You are getting it now. I am not ashamed to announce the grace, which is the truth, because it is God's power that leads to what? Healing, that leads to deliverance, that leads to um, prosperity, that leads to freedom. Are you getting that? So, in other words, Instead of a man who needs deliverance to go through the normal thing that we call deliverance in Africa or in Nigerian churches, what do the man need? He needs to hear the grace of God. And when he hears the grace of God and his concept changes, what will happen? He will be delivered. A man that is sick doesn't need to go through works and, you know, many um, religious exercises. No. What the man needs is to hear the gospel. Why? In the gospel of God is the Power of God unto what? Healing. That's why, you know, in our ministry, by the grace of God, people comes with all kinds of disease. One thing I assure them is that you can't come and hear this gospel and remain the same. By the grace of God, I, I, I am still um, a young believer also. Like most of us here, I'm still a young believer. But at least I have preached the gospel full time for nine years now. But within these nine years, I have tasted a supernatural that no matter what is happening, you know, because of um, um, the fake pastors or fake prophets, people thought that the supernatural is no more real. But I have tasted a supernatural. I have tasted a supernatural that nobody can convince me otherwise. I have seen the dead come back to life. I have seen all kinds of creative miracles and healing. Then if that be the case, what and or how do they come? You know, 
If another person did it, I may not give a good account. How the person did it, I will say, I saw this brother or sister being used by God to do this. But the one that God used me to do, I will know that I did not fast. I will know that I did not do this. I will know, I, don't know, I know that it was by the name of Jesus. Am I communicating? So I have seen some creative miracles. I have seen some miracles. I have seen some miracles that if I start talking about them, some of us here, we may think, oh, can this thing happen? Just by speaking the gospel? Can this thing happen? Amen. Can this thing happen? The gospel of Christ is the power of God. He did not say the gospel of God has the power. No. The gospel doesn't have power. The gospel itself is what? The power. That means you are looking for power in the mountain. You are making a mistake. You are looking for power in um, a laying up of hands of uh, a religious laying up. You are making a mistake. You are, okay, let me ask you something. Do you notice that I, 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 I teach the doctrine of laying up of hands. Jesus said we lay hands and people get healed. That means that's virtue that left our hands when we, we lay hands. But now, can I tell you something? Do you notice that the twelve apostles we are not after a big man of God, a big prophet that will lay hand on them. Jesus never one day the scripture did not give account of Jesus laying hands on the, the apostles for them to receive what he has. How they received it was by the words that Jesus spoke to them. The word of grace. They received the word of grace and they were empowered. They received the word of grace they were strengthened. Going here therefore they went they strengthened. The Bible said the Lord walking with them. Confirming his word with signs following. By the word. By the word. They were believers of the word. They were believers of the word. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Whatever be what you are looking for. Is it financial upliftment? Is it breakthrough in your career? Whatever be what you are looking for. It is accessible in the Christ. It is accessible in his grace. You don't need to labor. You don't need to labor. It's so, it's, so, it's so easy. It's so simple. But it's not that simple. It is simple. But it's not simple because it is powerful. It may not make natural sense. But it does make supernatural signs. It may not make natural sense. Because how can you tell me that I committed sin? I don't need to go into fasting to ask for forgiveness. A lady came to my office two days ago. Say, Pastor, I've been in prayer since three days. I say, Wonderful. That's good. Say, Likewise, me, since the month started, I've been in prayer. He said, Oh, Pastor, I've been asking God for forgiveness of sin. He took three days to ask God. That kind of God doesn't want to be worshipped. The God you have to lock yourself three days to beg. Now, what brought the action is not the fault of that woman. She came to believe something about God. That was why I'm talking about building positive concepts about God. Okay? She came to believe about God because of message that she heard. Somebody told her something. In the book of Romans chapter 10, verses 17, the Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing. Now, let me say something. When we talk about the power of right believing, do you know that everybody actually is believing in something? Everybody. Everybody is believing in something. For instance, I have seen some people come to me in healing line. I want to learn. And they say, Pastor, I don't have faith. I say, you are a liar. You have faith. But what we, we should ask is, is it right faith as in um, positive faith or negative? Well, for faith, everybody believes in something. For instance, if you don't believe in something, you believe in the chair you are sitting down. 
Okay, let me ask you. Are you afraid that that chair will break down? Do you, have, you just have peace. You relax. You believe in that chair. Now, have you woke up in the morning? You are just afraid. People ask, what is it? You say, I'm afraid this house may fall down. Have you, so, so fear? You never, you just believe in that, in that your house. Made by, by hands. Some of us live in 20 days. You believe, you relax, you sleep in the night. You do not wake up in the night to hold the pillar. Somebody say, oh, go and sleep. You say, no, I am afraid this pillar will fall. Human being build a house. You have such a faith in the house and relax. Human being build a chair. You are sitting down. You have such a faith and believe and relax. Wonderful. Wonderful. How much more will you have peace when you believe that Jesus said, I have taken your sin and make you my righteousness? How much peace will you bring? You know, you ask a believer, you say, how is your Christian faith? Say, maybe let me use religious language. Are you born again? He say, we are trying. He say, you know, you know, it's, this thing is not by power. Now, anybody that tell you that, the person actually is feeling, having guilty conscience. There's condemnation. Because what is wrong to say, yes, I am born again. You say, you know, this thing is not by power, you know. You know. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But if you believe, the same way you believe, imagine how you relax. Nobody here is afraid of the chair you are sitting down. Nobody here. Imagine how you have faith on the chair that you are looking at a carpenter and you knock it. My mate, you cannot believe that God made him who knows no sin to be sin for us. You cannot believe that he has exchanged righteousness to you. How will you be bold to face anything? Do you know what righteousness is? Righteousness is the impetus to stand before God as though sin doesn't exist and to stand before Satan as though Satan is not in existence. Some of us are still at the level where wishes can pursue us out of our home. Where wizards can command us out of our home. Where um, evil um, wishes and wizards that work maybe in the same place with you, your evil friends and all that, can hinder your progress. Why? Because you have not come to believe right. You have not come to believe right. But for believing, you are believing. You are believing in something. Praise God. Are we getting what I'm saying, people? Praise God. Hallelujah. Celebrate Jesus Christ. Anything you believe came by hearing. Some of us believe our traditions more than we believe the word of God. Some of us believe the doctor's reports. Do you know what the Bible said? It said that things that are physical, that they are what? Temporal. But the things that are not physical are what? Internal. How do you come to believe that physical report that doctor gave you? Any physical thing can be, is liable to change. A, a superior power can push it off. But what is in the spirit is internal. When your faith is on the flesh, when your faith is on yourself, you see yourself that you cannot do any exploits. You don't have anywhere you're going with such faith. Praise God. Hallelujah, somebody. Some of us will say, thank God I don't have a wrong belief, but to be honest with you, if we are honest, we will know that all of us here, we have some percentage of wrong belief. All, all of us. If you say, I don't have percentage of, even me that is teaching you, okay? That's why we grow every day by renewing our minds. You notice I said, if I can make it to be here tomorrow morning and on Sunday, just to receive the word of grace. Amen. Now, you know, 
If you say, I don't have wrong belief, let me ask you, have you ever feel, felt anxious before? Have you ever been afraid of something? If your house rent is, is have expired and, <coughs> and the landlord brought you a, a notice, have, it, have that put a fear in you? Then if it has happened, that means you have a wrong belief. Yeah. Have doctor given you a report somehow? You are pregnant and the doctor say, ah, your child is bigger than the place he or she will come out from. And that became your thought all through the night. Or doctor told you you are supposed to give birth four days ago. And then you are already on the sixth day. Have anything put you in a state? If something has put you in that state, that means you are what? You are having a wrong belief. Because you cannot believe and fear at the same time. You cannot believe and worry at the same time. Those two things cannot be in the same place. It's either that worry is there because you are believing on the flesh or that you are what? Free in your heart because you are believing in the Lord. The Bible said that those who do know their God, they will be what? And they will do mighty things. They will do mighty things. Praise God. Your belief is important. You cannot change your action until you walk on your feelings. And your feelings cannot be worked on until you walk on your ideas. Your belief. Your belief. Your belief. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember what I said? I said that when Jesus talked about truth setting free, that Jesus is talking about what? The grace of God. The grace of God. He is saying that when you know the grace of God, or when you know the grace of God, which is the truth, that you will be free. Amen. It is as simple as that. You say, oh, is that just what this man came to do? Yeah. It is simple, but that is not as simple as you think, because that is the power of God. In the book of Titus, Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 11, Titus chapter 2, the Bible said that the grace of God, which is the truth, you remember? The grace of God, which is the truth, has appeared unto all men. Have appeared unto all men. Now, verse 12, the Bible said, teaching them how to live purity. In other words, if you share the gospel of grace, if you are a sinner, maybe you are, that's why in our ministry, you will see a lot of prostitutes. So you come to my ministry, it's just normal thing to have a prostitute in my, in my ministry. It's just normal thing. And God keeps changing their life. There will be a time you come to our church, you see like 10 prostitutes. You wouldn't know. Some of them you still know because of their look and all that. You'll be like, ah, something like that. Some of them you wouldn't know. It's normal thing to come to my church and see an armed robber. It's the normal thing. Oh, somebody say, ah, I wouldn't like that church. If you want, if you want, okay, you want a church that you will come and see clean people. The church is like a, a dry cleaning house. Where you bring what? Dirty clothes and they are make. Are we getting that? Have you ever seen um, a laundry man? You brought a clothes and say, ah, oh God, this one is too dirty. I can't I can work on this. That person is not a good laundry man. Am I communicating? So you bring that dirty place. No matter how dirty it is, the laundry man need it as it. Am I communicating? So Jesus needs them no matter how dirty they are. He needs them. He loves them as they are. Jesus is like a laundry man. Am I communicating? You have to come to him the way you are. And he will prepare you. He so much loves you to bring you, to have you the way you are. But he loves you more to leave you the way you are. But that transformation wouldn't come by him pointing you back to yourself. 
Because why you run to him is because you can't help yourself. How the transformation comes is by feeding you with the word of his what? Grace. That grace of God has appeared unto all. Teaching them how to. So the more they hear the truth of the gospel, the more they hear about the Lord, the love of Jesus, if they came with sickness, the sickness will go. The more they hear, if they came with fear and oppressions in their minds, the oppression will be gone. The more they hear about the grace of Jesus, they'll be set free from additions. From additions. Many people come to me, Pastor, I'm having an attack. Say, what kind of attack, sir? He says, something is oppressing me while I'm sleeping. Or not. You know, so many dreams and, you know, revelations that people have when they're um, sleeping comes because of the state of their minds. In fact, 90% or 99% of dreams we have comes from the state of our minds. For instance, somebody you see, we are um, masquerade. I don't know who knows masquerade. We are masquerade is pursuing you all the time. That's what you see. You see graveyard, um, uh, dead people pursuing you, stuff like that. Now, it cannot happen to someone like me because that is how my mind is. And the person that is happening to because there is something the person believes. There's something that has been taught to the person. So when such people come to me, they say they need deliverance. I will ask them, have you ever gone to any other place for deliverance? They say, ah, pastor, we have gone to many places. There are some places we have gone. We bought so many spiritual items. What they call spiritual items, you know. Um, oils, all kinds of oil and perfumes and stuff like that, you know. Say they have bought all those things and done this. I pay money and done. I say, okay, now, sit down. I will not even lay hand on them. I will just relax. Just give me two, three weeks. They will start hearing the gospel. Hearing the gospel. After one month or something, I will call the person and say, Hey, Pastor, I've forgotten. I don't even have that. Is that not even? Praise God. Why? That gospel that brings salvation have appeared to them. That's so powerful. Their minds will start changing. The same way you see a prostitute will suddenly detest prostitution. You know, some people have this idea that the gospel is, you say, say it raw. Say it raw. I will ask them, if I say it raw, will you stand? Yeah. If I say the gospel raw, you will call me antichrist. You will call me the, the, as in the, they will think I am the antichrist without knowing that they are the antichrist. Because what they call calling it raw is to see a smoker. You say you are a smoker. Then you see a prostitute. You are a prostitute. I see the prostitute doesn't know who he is or she is. Praise God. The prostitute know that he is a prostitute. An armed robber know that he is a prostitute. He came to hear something he never know. And that thing is that someone who know no sin was made sin for him. For what reason? That he or she might take the place. That is divine exchange. That is divine exchange. Grace of God met with the mercy of God on the cross. Grace of God. Look up everybody. The grace of God and the mercy of God they met on the cross. And there on the cross, because that God is a righteous judge, he cannot have mercy on sin. He needs to punish sin. But because he's a merciful God, he cannot punish his lover. Which is I and you. So what did he need to do? He took it upon himself. Since I cannot mercy sin, I have to punish sin. But since I love the sinner, I don't want to slay him. What do I need to do? I will take it upon himself. He who knows no sin was made sin for your sake that you might take the place of freedom. Say, Pastor, this is too good. That is why it is called the gospel. 
why it is called the gospel. Say, Pastor, this is ah, how can this be? That is why it is the gospel. And this is why the power of God that leads to deliverance lies. Pastor, my own sin is much. I masturbate. Pastor, my own sin is much. I can't stay a day without smoking or drinking. Pastor, my own sin is much. I like deceiving people. Don't worry. What you just need is to hear more of what? The gospel. What you need is to hear. You know, when you have a typhoid or malaria and it's light, they will give you two doses. Okay? But if it is malaria plus, then they will miss it maybe four or five doses. The same thing is what you need. Since you say your own sin is much, you need to hear the raw gospel of grace. You don't need condemnation. Praise the Lord. Oh, let me let me show you what I'm trying to say. Um, um, maybe let me use the word um, habits. Maybe your habit is fornication. My habit is stealing. Another habit is worry. Another habit is men name it. Okay, have habits. Okay, now you have been trying. I know that all of you have been victim of what I'm saying. You have been trying. You want to stop that. You know it in your heart that you want to stop that. But you haven't been able. You have witness in the house. You haven't been able. You have been, in the reality, you don't have peace. If you finish doing that, you hate yourself. Am I right? Now you want to stop it. But how do I stop it? You have gone to one prophet. They told you you need to do deliverance. You have gone through exercise of deliverance. Yet, you came out. I heard of a pastor who wants to stop fornication. A pastor. I had, I don't know, some of you may, hear, may be that you heard it also. Now, he went into fasting and fasted for 40 days or thereabouts. That day he finished <laughs> inside the church hall. He committed it and died on top of the woman. Why? Even while he was fasting, he was fasting and was looking at, let this fasting finish since his 40 days was given to me. I don't know if I've been in a state of prayer. They gave you prayer for five days. You are praying. You are turning your food. You are eyeing the food. You are, you, are, you are looking at the time. That is what law can do to you. Praise God. That is what law can do to you. Immediately the man finished that prayer. Bam! He went and fornicated. Bam! He died. Not God that punished him. Not God that killed him. But because he doesn't have strength on him. He went and climbed a woman. And he died. Amen. But that is not how to be free from additions. Praise God. Because no matter how you try, law, remember Jesus said, when you know the truth, he was talking to people that have been living by the law. That means the law cannot set anybody what? That means the law cannot make anybody what? Righteous. Praise God. To help what I'm saying, come brother, come. What's um, the word habit? H A B H. That's how many letters? Okay. You'll be letter H, another person come. That I come. Yeah, all of you. Just be coming. Just be coming. Amen. What is you be later? Okay, you'll be later. Okay, letter H should be here now. No, letter H should be the first. Habit. Uh-huh. Another person should be coming now. You'll be what? Okay, letter B. So you know your name now. B. Uh-huh. H. Now come now. People should be coming until we get the whole number. Amen. It's for you to just understand what I'm saying. Amen. You'll be later. Now, who again? Okay, you'll be later. 
Okay, brother. Brother H now. Brother. Brother. Sister. Alright, now. See how law punishes people. These people are addicted to something. They smoke. They are living in sin and immoral life. But they want to go out of it. So they went to one prophet. The other one said fasting. They went to another, another one said spiritual work. They went to another, another one. They keep giving them things to do. But look at what the Lord does. Now you have that addition. You fasted because one prophet said fast. Now you read that addition. You have removed that addition. Go out. What remain now? A. That's a bit. A bit. That means Hesh has gone out. He has thought that thing he was fasting for. But the law, so far he's living under the law. The law will show him there is still a bit. A bit. Are, are we getting that? Then you live in condemnation. See, ah, I stopped masturbation. But anger is still my problem. Now, one day you went to another prophet. He says, do spiritual work. You do spiritual work. Bam, you stop that. What happened? Beats is still there. Beats is still there. Beats. Am I communicating? It's still there. That means little. Beats is still there. Am I communicating? That's what the Lord does. Then you went to another prophetess. That one told you that you need to sow seed to a man of God that is living a holy life. Then you brought a seed to me or Pastor Simon. <laughs> Amen. Now, what happened? God helping you, you stop that. What left? The law will always point you to something. The law will always point you to something. Beat. Or rather, eat. That was the state of Nicodemus that made him to say, I have been living the law from the, my, my youth. But something left undone in my inside. Something left undone. In my, is somebody getting what I'm saying? Why am, what I'm trying, I'm preparing the ground because tomorrow, the next person that will preach will carry from where I stop. But all our target is to bring you to where you remove your faith on yourself and place it on the word Jesus Christ have accomplished on the cross. Am I communicating? Now, remember we removed Mr. Hesh and he still points at what? A bit. We remove Mr. A. It he points at what? Bit. Now we remove Mr. B. It he points at what? It. That means that sin is still there. Even though you have removed it, but you say, um, you know, sometimes God will remember my sin. Yeah. Did you see? Now, look at what happened. You now try. You say, I will go eat. Like January now. So many people go into 40 days stretch. Go into 40 days fasting. You are targeting to live a holy life. You are targeting to have a breakthrough. You are targeting to have financial upliftment. You are targeting to have this. What happened? Bam. One we go. What we left? Do you know why tea remains? And nothing again should be gone. Tea is a sign of the cross of Christ. Did you remember? As we kept on removing, removing, removing from here, all this, all the, all the remaining still have English meanings. Am I communicating? But if we do not remove from yourself, that time you remove this, you are still working on self-righteousness. That, that place you remove this, you are still working on But if you have removed from here, all of you should come up again. Remember, for you to understand, we remove and remain a bit, which is still a word. We remove and remain which is still a word. 
we remove and remain it. We still a word. But if we from here remove cross, you cannot pronounce this. It doesn't have a meaning. Am I communicating? Some people are not getting this. If you have removed the cross, if you have placed your heart on the cross of Christ, all this your sins wouldn't have a meaning before him. Why your sin kept having meaning until Christ left is because it's not of him that will it. Neither of him that run it, but of God that showeth mercy. Of God that showeth mercy. Go back, sirs. Go back, sirs. Of God that showeth mercy. Of God that showeth mercy. That's why a mercy seat in the Old Testament is not just about that um, um, that, that seat. Even when Jesus left, um, died, and rose, that blessing went back is at the right hand of the Father. That right hand of the Father is still the mercy seat. That mercy seat is not like a physical seat like you can picture it in your mind, okay? It is about a position. The position of the Lord since generation to generation have been mercy. He cannot be on the mercy seat and judge a person. A mercy seat means that every time his mercy is speaking in your life. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You say, oh, pastor, if that is so sweet like that, let me continue doing what I'm doing. If then, no. You know, people misunderstand something. The reason why you should live a good life is not to please God. Some people do something good, but for wrong reasons. You say, I want to stop cigarettes so that I'll be a child of God. That is the wrong reason, and you can't stop it. You say, I want to stop fornication so that God will bless me. No, you are a liar. God, will bless, God is blessing people that are doing worse things that you are doing. Am I communicating? The reason why I want to stop cigarettes because I have a greater work to do on the earth so I don't want to contact cancer of the lungs and die on. Have you seen a good reason? And at that time, even if you make mistake and smoke it, you can still appear before your father. Is it making sense? The reason why I don't want to be having affairs out of my marriage is not for me to be anointed. No, I am anointed. I don't want to do this so that I will not have distraction to do the lost work. A better understanding. Are we getting this thing? I don't want to do this so that I will not contact the sins. A better one. Nothing concerned. Sin doesn't change God. It changes us. God remains who he is. Is somebody blessed in this class? Is somebody blessed in this class? That is what the grace of God is. That is what the grace of God is. It is not of you. The more you keep trying your best, you will keep on seeing it, 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 forever until you leave the earth. And the so far it is there, you cannot be bold to do the things you should do. So far it is there, you cannot do the lost work. So far it is there, you cannot go forward in life. Look at that woman with this, um, that was found in fornication. On her state, she ran to Jesus and fell on the feet of Jesus without sin. Some of us, you made a mistake. You can't sing in choir again. Oh, sister, please come and sing. I have a, I have some, I, I have a soft throat. I can't. It's lie. She committed sin. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Brother, this you are preaching today, Pastor. I don't feel like that's how I feel in my. No, no. It's because the sister you did it with is in the church. So how you cannot say Jesus is good? He's afraid. Amen. Praise God. So, Pastor, anyone that do this, ask him, did you do it? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but that woman understood. Now, do you know why that woman was able to run to Jesus? 
Do you know there was a lot of other prophets in the uh, maybe other um, religious leaders in her day? But why did she run to Jesus? Because there is something she has seen about the Lord. That the Lord doesn't judge people. He has seen Jesus show mercy on people. He has seen Jesus touch people that are um, the Lord rejected. The Lord said that people that suffer some sickness like epilepsy and you know other sicknesses should be cast out of the city. Jesus went after those people, touched them. So those records give people a clear, a different view of the man Jesus. So when this woman was found in a fornication, she said, let me run to this man and see if anything good can happen. The time you should run to Jesus should be a time you are weak. That time you cannot do it by yourself. That time you felt that nothing good can come out of you. It's not a time to stay at home. You say, Pastor, stress, family stress. I have not paid school fees. This, 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 this. Let me stay at home. No, that's not the time to be at home. It's the time that you're supposed to. Even every early morning, you're already in the church. It's the time you're supposed to buy all the uh, messages and the listing at home. It's the time you're supposed to immerse yourself with the grace of God. The time of difficulties. The time of trials. The time of trials. The time of mistakes. You don't run from Jesus. You run to him. You don't run from Jesus. You run to him. Tell your neighbor, you don't run from Jesus. You run to him. Say, you don't run from Jesus. You run to him. Because he will not cast you out. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Say, he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Glory to Jesus. Oh, to somebody listening to me, he will not leave you. If somebody listening to me, he will not forsake you. Can you agree that if somebody listening to me, he will not leave you? I say he will not forsake you. I say he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. In the name of Jesus. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, one of the things that happened under the cross, I mean under the grace message, is that healing takes place. Healing takes place under the message of the cross. You don't pray Jesus without healing. If healing did not take place, it's not the gospel you are preaching. Why? How do I know? In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, this is the sign that followed them who believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak in unknown tongues. If they drink anything, it will not hurt them. They will cleanse their hands from the sick, and the sick will recover. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Listen, everybody. This night, we are going to exercise what we have heard. We are going to exercise what we have heard. Are you listening to me? We are going to exercise what we have heard. Anyone that is sick here, in fact, not sick people only, everybody will be partaker of the grace of tonight. Everybody here will be partaker of the grace of tonight. Are you listening to what I'm saying? To another, it will be healing in your body. To another, it will be a breakthrough in your finances. To another, it will be a breakthrough in your marriage. To another, God will give you testimony that you have been longer waiting for. In the name of Jesus. Now listen, Pastor, please. Tomorrow morning, give people maybe five minutes out of the times of the service to share testimony because tonight, as you are going to exercise what we have heard, people will return tomorrow morning and say, after my prayer tonight, see what the Lord has done. That those that are sick will be healed right now. I said those that are sick will be healed right now. Should I tell you how this will happen? Now listen, everybody. Listen, everybody. Do you know what the scripture says? Can somebody give me the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. Oh, my dear, she la hata yaza. Luke, reba la hadukasha. 
Ali Seorang yang boleh bersuka bapa-bapa Yang rela sukaya bapa-bapa-bapa bangsa Yang bagaimana dia suka tunjuk-tunjuk kursi ada Yang ada di kuasa bagi Yang ada di kuasa bagi Yang ada di kuasa bagi Hallelujah The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Please pay attention. This is so important. The eyes of, of your understanding. understanding. In other words, what Paul is still talking here about right believing. He still want to bring people back to right believing. He wants your eyes to be open because when your eyes is open to the finished work of Christ, you will believe right. Your eyes of understanding be enlightened. Uh-huh. The eyes of understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling that you may know your blessing christ what is the hope of his calling uh-huh. what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints jesus thank you mm-hmm. and what is the exceeding greatness of his power so i'm looking for something here exceeding greatness of his power uh-huh. towards us who believe towards us or inside of us who believe uh-huh. which you wrote in christ where did he wrote that power in Christ when he raised him from the dead? So wait. Now look up every everybody listen very well. I, I was reading, I was meditating actually this place since morning. I was meditating at, at, on, on that two scripture as in two verses. The Lord told me something. He said at creation, Genesis chapter 1. If you read from verse 1 to 31, the last verse, you will notice that there is this manifestation of power. Let there be a light. Let there be, let there be, let there be. Things were happening out of darkness. The earth was without from darkness everywhere. Verse 2. Verse 3. God said, Let there be a light came out of darkness. You know, musicians, you, you people singing, God forth light out of darkness. You don't know where it happened. It happened in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3. In verses 2, the earth was without from darkness covered. Inside that darkness, he called forth what? Light. Sir, look at what the Lord told me. He said all of the manifestations we see in Genesis chapter 1, they are all God rehearsing how to manifest his power. That was not the true power of God in, in, in manifestation. Now, when God caused Abraham and his wife at old age to deliver child, that was that seemed to be a mighty power. But God is saying to me, God told me that that was a rehearsal that God was doing. When God asked Moses, what are you holding? Moses said, this is just a rod. He said, drop it, turn to serpents. And all of the signs that happened to um, in Egypt, and the one parting the Red Sea, all those stories, how God preserved them in the wilderness, how that God gave them manna, how that all this happened, their shoes did not run out. All those things, the Lord told me that was a rehearsal. That was not a power. That was not anything. That was just God saying, I'm showing littleness of my power. But the exceeding one is about to come. Am I communicating? Yeah. Now look at what happened. One day, Piam, Jesus came on the head. The first miracle of Jesus, he turned water to, to wine. God told me that was just a rehearsal. That was just a rehearsal. Another day, Piam, he rose Lazarus. That was just a rehearsal. God told me. He was, I was just meditating here. Counting all the miracles. How the fish brought forth money. How that he spoke to the tree, tree wither. How that he walked on the sea. And the commander Peter and Peter walked on the sea. God told me that all those things are rehearsals. They are rehearsals. They are not the great power. But look at what Paul is saying here. Look at what Paul is saying in verse 19. He said the exceedingness of his power which God wrought 
in Christ when he rose him from the dead. That means the resurrection of Christ is all that God, we are the power of God manifested in fullness. Every other thing was a learning of work. But the resurrection, we are, we, we, that is where the real thing happened. Now that brought us to why Jesus said, I have done great works, but greater one shall you do because I'm going back to the Father. Why are we going to do greater works? Sir? Because that power that God used to do the greater work, which is the resurrection, is residing in our inside. Hallelujah. Somebody listen, listen, listen. I said it's residing in your inside. Hallelujah. You did not hear me. I said that the power, that greatest power, that was why in 18, Paul prayer is what? For the eyes of the church to be open. All never work like we do today, sir. As a pastor, we labor a lot. Trying to pray for people to marry. Trying to pray for people to break through in business. Paul never do that. All that Paul labored for was to see that Christ is stand on the people. Because when Christ stand on the people and they know the greatest power that is at work in them, they will break through in their marriage. They will break through in their health. They will break through in their finances. They will break through in all things. Our focus should be to show them Christ. Our focus should be to reveal the finished work of the Lord. That is where the greatest power is. Hallelujah. Tonight, lift your hands, everybody. Say, I got that power. I got that power. Say, I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to Jesus. Somebody, I see the meaning. Say, I got the Holy Ghost. Say, I have the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, my Say, I have the Holy Ghost in me.